Welcome to episode four. Today is a special day. It's our first podcast with a guest. Craig Cheston from USI uh, has joined us, uh, Pete and I, later in the show as we discuss the topic for today. The topic for today is creating pipeline during a pandemic. This is honestly probably the biggest issue today. People are afraid to start discussions when they're unsure of our market. We, are, we uncover tactics and use uh, tactics that are used to create pipe with Craig, who is on the front lines doing just that. But before we get started, I think since we were only four episodes in, we need to introduce everyone still in the show. I'm Jamie Carney. I have a, a, a kind of a unique background in finance, product sales, marketing, technical integrations, mergers, acquisitions, bank financing, and startups. My co-host is the legendary Pete Jansons. Pete, you want to give a, a quick... Legend, legendary in my own mind. Yeah, <laughs> about 30 years experience of uh, building businesses from zero, building uh, sales reps from zero. Uh, thousands of the people I've had the pleasure of working with are, are in leadership positions throughout the country. Ho hopefully a lot of them out there will give us a nice little shout out to Jamie. Let us, let us know how uh, I've done for them, how you've done for them, and how the podcast is working out for yeah, them. Yeah, subscribe today. Give us a good review, hopefully, um, on, the, on the iTunes or any, uh, any uh, uh, podcasting streaming service you're using. That would be great. Helps us out a lot. The show is Sassholes, by the way, SAS, once again, is software as a service. You know, we call it Sassholes because it's a fun cliche from the word SAS, but SAS is really cloud software. And Pete and I have been in the cloud software business for, uh, for about 50, 60 years combined. So we're just really going to talk about everything that we touched upon. Granted, I've touched upon a lot of random areas and, and, and Pete is one of the most notorious sales leaders in Chicago land, but he's also our resident comedian. So Pete, what's your you joke of the day? Are you saying it's time for the joke of the day, Jamie? Yeah, joke of the day. All right, Jamie, how can you tell a vampire has COVID? How? By how much it's coughing. <laughs> oh, man. We, continue. We're continue. We're... All right, for our other segment, we always do these segments, Leader You Should Know. Today, it's Leaders You Should Know. Because I got a leader I'm going to nominate today. Um, usually, I, I leave this up to Pete, but I thought I would jump in. Alex Nagivan. So Alex and I worked together for about, I think about eight years. Um, we're kind of cut from the same cloth, even though I'm about, I don't know, 15 years his senior. Um, he's very talented, driven, smart guy, and help, uh, is currently helping um, run the sales operations team at ADP. And if you ever get a chance to work with him, you realize how quickly and how smart he has. I've had fun debates with him when he was working on my team. It was a healthy debate. We'd always end up with a better solution. Uh, going forward. And, and uh, Pete, I don't know if you know this, but when I hired him, he was actually in your world. So you, you, you know, Alex Nagivan as well, because uh, he was working. He, is, he, he escaped. Yeah, he escaped. Thank God. <laughs> um, so that was my uh, leader of the day, Alex Nagivan, giving him a shout out. Uh, Pete, who do you got? Here's what I got. None other, none other than Maxwell Jansen's uh, new business manager over at Cision, Total Relation, Social media beast killed it in new business. I don't know where he learned it from and they got promoted to manager and his social media work last week. I think he, I don't know how many hundred people uh, responded to his post on our podcast, but that, that was pretty insane. Yeah, that was great. Max, Max, you're a leader. Everybody should know. Uh, proud of you. Love you. Great job. And I, I believe he did our uh, SAS holes uh, logo. Yes, he did. Before we get into our discussion with Pete, um, I think we got to get through some business out of the way. 
and hear from our sponsor. Uh, NeuroNoodle, get a doodle of your noodle today at NeuroNoodle. If you suffer from ADHD, anxiety, you know, concussion, concussion protocol, many other mental health issues, you should consider a treatment like neurofeedback. The results I can attest are amazing. Um, two of my children, I have four of them, have been using these services. In fact, we're probably gonna get the other two using them in some capacity. Um, and my wife is talking about brain brightening uh, with you guys this week. Um, you know, those are all things you could do from uh, just improving your own mental health to uh, your focus at work. And so I think uh, when you're talking about mental health and it has to be a priority in today's environment, try Neurofeedback today by visiting neuronoodle.com. Good people then, over there, right, Pete? Awesome people. It all starts with the brain map. 20 minutes, you can figure out what's going on in your noodle. Yeah, it's great. I got some news items of the week here before you get going, Jamie. Here's a week in a minute. GDP fell 33%. TikTok, Microsoft, that's going to be interesting. Stimulus is uh, still floating around out there. Yeah, where do we stand with the stimulus? I was watching that last night, Pete. Where do we stand? Are we going to get a stimulus check? Uh, oh, we're going to get the check. The problem is how do you incent people to uh, go back to work if they're making more money not working? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the, so they're trying to put it out 70% of wages, so we'll see. Apple split four to one. Amazon crushed earnings. Facebook crushed. Kodak's going to make drugs. Holy crap. We I got to know that. Oh, yeah. Hur oh, that was a big, big pop in that stock. I'm not recommending it. Hurricane Isaias, I don't even know how to say it, but uh, watch out, Florida. COVID and uh, baseball, Marlins uh, had to cancel yeah. a couple of their games there. That, that looks like it's going to be a, a, you know, a crazy show. You know, same with all these people going back to school and IHSA is basically canceled sports as of yeah. August 14th. You know, our, then, we're, we're uh, homeschooling three kids because of that. Uh, well, and then getting more to the business side of things, Google's letting their employees work from home till uh, July of 2021, which brings the uh, the issue of company values are harder and still remotely. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, you know, it's that is a topic. That's a news show on that. Oh my goodness, we have a whole show on anything. That's the news you should know for the week, Jamie. Okay, great. All right, now onto our segment with Craig. Craig Cheston is joining us virtually today as well, as we all are virtual right now. Um, he's located in Chicago. Craig, I think I've known you for about 10 years. He used to live in the same area as I. He just moved recently, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, about five miles away, which is an eternity in Chicago or in the city. Yes. Um, but before we get into the meat of the question, which is how to build pipeline in a pandemic, I want to give our listeners you know, 30 seconds to a minute. You know, Craig, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Well, thanks again, Jamie and Pete, for having me on today. I really appreciate it and enjoyed your, your podcast up to this point. Uh, again, my name is Craig Cheston. Uh, I work for USI Insurance Services. Uh, we are a professional services firm uh, assisting employers in human capital management and risk management. Uh, and we do that vis-a-vis -vis, uh, employee benefits consulting, as well as retirement consulting and property casualty consulting. And uh, I've been in this, in, I've been in sales um, for the last 28 years and always learning. So thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Hey, great. Hey, thanks for joining us, right? Thanks, thanks, Craig. <laughs> Not a lot of people want to get put on this assholes podcast. So, um, and, uh, think of it as a joyful experience. Hopefully you glad, glad to be here. All right. So creating pipeline in the pandemic, I think, um, you know, Craig, you're, you're going to give us a lot of, uh, discussion points and Pete about tactics that, you know, you're on the front lines. I think before we get really into the front lines, we need to also think about 
what can we do behind the scenes to sort of set up for this? And I think my opinion is, and I'll let you guys both chime in, is right now it's time to invest in more data. If you've never really invested in data to help tee up leads and, and your, uh, you know, your lead uh, gen tool to make sure you're talking to the right people at the right time, tech stacks and stuff like that, you got to look at tools like HC Insights, Discover Org. In fact, for people, I just got a beta um, pass-through of LinkedIn Insights. It's a great tool. Really allows us to help identify the right people to contact in the right area. And the good thing is with LinkedIn, everyone uses LinkedIn to update their profile. Um, so you're not getting old data, typically. Um, you're getting the right data. So, I mean, so I think it's also, I think it's a time to look into data. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Craig, I'm going to tee it off with you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first off, data um, is, is essential for us to do our job today because there's, you got you to gotta be focused. And I think tools like, uh, you know, LinkedIn, whether it be Sales Navigator, uh, there's, NATA, or there's new beta um, insight tool that you're talking about. Um, you know, we, we need to do our research as salespeople, um, what's publicly known out there. And we need to use all that information to try to get in front of the stakeholders that we're trying to get in front of and have a conversation with. Pete, you got anything to add? Yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room with data. It's always wrong. <laughs> I mean, the, the best that you can hope for, it's less wrong, right? You, you just mm -hmm. want an edge, right? Because right. there's so much transition out there, you know, decision makers leaving, changing positions, changing companies. So no matter what you get, where you are, you, you have your, your data set and it's, it, it's old. It's old. It's, it's like milk yeah. spoils right away. And I think, Pete, that, that's a good point that you brought up when we were talking about this mm -hmm. podcast is you really got to look at the people you sold to in the past and your old, your, 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 if you're collecting everything in your CRM tool, you want to look at your history inside the CRM tool to try to profile out the right types of people and the right types of companies that you've had success with. You know, I think, um, I think we were talking about if we can identify the right types of companies that renew, renew is obviously a key that they're enjoying your product um, or they're stuck with your product regardless. But Renewal is a key data point. And so you should look at the past, even though you're able to sell, you know, hundred people, this product last year, maybe only 40 renewed. Why did those 40 renew? And then how can you find the same types of people? Or maybe those people left other companies. Um, Pete, isn't that like sort of aligned with thoughts we were talking about? Well, it's uh, I think the first step is do you have a marketing department. Where does marketing come in? Right. Cause you know, you have these uh, BDRs, business development reps that are out there, you know, banging out the dials to set up an appointment for somebody. How do you control where they go, right? Where are they going to go on the battlefield? So to, to break it down to simplistic terms is of the products that you have, what are you selling the most of? Because if you're selling the most of it, it must be pretty good. And then who's buying it? Like what's the company size, right? What's their revenue? Where are they located? If you can get those correlations who, who, together. Who in that, who in that uh, business, like what type of level do you need to get buy off on? You know, that's another point to add in there. Yeah. I mean, what decision, you know, what level are you talking to, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously with enterprise sales, you're usually talking about the C level, but there are, you know, when you're selling more transactional, it could be a lower level. Well, see, that's the, that's the, the freaky thing. It's it, people want to get get caught up in enterprise sales. It's it's really all the same initial sales you were doing at a 
at, at the first level, it's just repeated over and over and over in different business units. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a dis- decision maker everywhere. Yeah. And one of the points you talked about was marketing. I think um, we really need to help marketing needs to be involved in a much bigger way to identify the clients that are raising their hands and saying they're interested, you know, either through website or through other avenues. You know, I think digital, everyone does digital because it's cheap, but the problem with it being so cheap and digital and interactive marketing is that everyone is doing it. So how do you set yourself apart? You know, I think there's a good area here for, um, you know, offline marketing to reach the buyers. You know, I think that's a dying business, but right now, more than anything, you want to have that personal touch. Everyone's interactive right now, but if you can send a personal note, hopefully a uh, virus-free personal note, you know, might need some radiation on that since we're talking a pandemic, but we might want to look into some offline marketing. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Craig? Well, I think that, that, that to be successful in, you know, getting in contact with our stakeholders, you need to do a myriad of different things. I don't think there's just one silver bullet. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that, that I'd like to do is to work with um, other other sales folks uh, or BDRs that are trying to contact the same stakeholders or playing in the same kind of ecosystem that I am. So what I've been trying to do is I've tried to set up a network of uh, what I call centers of influence. And these are, are individuals that are like-minded like my myself um, are dealing with the same individuals, obviously not selling the same product and service. And especially right now in this pandemic, now that everything's virtual and you know we, we can't go to these networking groups, which are also good to do, uh, you know, the, the shaking hands and kissing babies kind of mentality is that, you know, when I get a warm intro, for instance, from Jamie, Car- from Jamie Carney to, to Pete Jansen's, uh, Pete Jansen, knowing Jamie Carney, is going to take that phone call uh, or respond maybe, to that email, maybe, typically. Maybe. typically. <laughs> so that's something that's worked well for me that I continue to work on. But I think that there's, it's kind of like in a golf bag. You've got a, you got a, bunch, of different, you have a bunch of different clubs, and there are different times to use them. Yeah, so I think the centers of influence is a good, good idea. So how do, you, yeah. how do you go about getting that, those people? Like, how do you know which reps are talking to the same types of companies and people, Craig? I mean, I think it's just the talking to number of these people. I mean, the more that you're out talking to different people and trying to meet people, um, you just try to find out if there's, if there's a common ground. I mean, um, you have to have trust. And I think also there's something to be said about style. And that's something that doesn't happen, you know, day one, you don't just have a phone call and then boom, you're sharing leads. Um, you know, you have to, you have to make a decision on, you know, are we, are we calling on the same size of a company, whether it be the number of employees, revenue, is it the proper industry? Um, you know, is it the, the proper, you know, market segment? That's, that's what's found. That's what's been valuable for me. How do you, how do you know who the reps are calling on? You know what I mean? To, so you're not continually banging heads. Well, I mean, I think we, you kind of share, you understand that, okay, if there's someone who's selling payroll, for instance, they're typically talking to the, uh, the HR leaders uh, or the financial leaders or combination of both. So by sharing information back and forth with some of these people that can be in your trusted uh, COI group, if you will, uh, you know, you can share information. And to your point earlier, Pete, you know, you're, you're either validating some of the research you've done, or you're making changes to that aged information that you currently have and think that, you know, what's going on, but they can then enlighten you and just kind of help your process or even give you the, you know, make sure you make the decision. Maybe I shouldn't pursue this prospect any longer trying to figure out, you know, who's your target, who do you want to sell to? And to your point, 
uh, you know, Jamie, you want to make sure that who are the people that are typically buying your services, who are the stakeholders, and unfortunately, they're not all the same. Every company is different. You know, you may think that this is the stakeholder in charge, and then you find out that it's, it's someone totally different. So uh, you have to go in with an open mind and try to get as much information as possible uh, before you can strategically start to go in and, and attack a prospect. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with large enterprise companies, Craig, and, and trying to sell them, you know, all their benefits and insurance. So I would imagine you're talking to the HR director, but you're really trying to get to the CFO um, or it, maybe that HR director is financially inclined to be making those decisions. But I imagine with the packages you guys are selling, I know you, I, I know with the packages you guys are selling, it's usually the CFO has to sign off on. Um, I believe it's like the third or fourth or, uh, highest expense on the company's uh, P&L. Is all right. And again, yeah. And again, every, every company is different though. There's no, mm-hmm. um, so you just have to, try to play nice with, with both uh, the CFO and HR. And again, also, you know, when you think about these two different stakeholders, they both have different needs and wants too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have you're to not, approach them differently. You're not advocating people calling other sales reps and, and trying, you know, uh, like cold calling other sales reps and trying to combine. You're, you're just saying over, over time, you're going to know who's calling on who and you're, you're going to build up those connections. And then you're almost creating like a, like a networking group. Do you guys ever like just have a collaboration online where you're sharing leads back and forth or is it more, I call you when I feel like it's good time, things of that nature. Yeah. It's a combination of both. I mean, there's certain, like I've been in a couple different networking groups and have formed networking groups in the past. Um, and it's not just salespeople uh, like in my world, you know, who are the people they're dealing with, say the CFO, well, accountants, uh, commercial bankers. So there's, I'm not just talking about salespeople necessarily um, selling software as a service um, or there are people that are there eventually, yes, they're selling their services, but uh, it may be people that already have relationships. Someone sold the business to, for commercial lending, but you know, who's the person that's working with a particular CFO day in and day out. Um, and that's just with talking to people, networking and, um, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent on paying it forward and, you know, giving before you get, and, uh, that, that usually is, that's, that's worked yeah. well for me. Yeah. Before we break into the paying it forward networking groups in the pandemic, how difficult it is, is it for you to create networking groups, new virtual networking groups? You know, did you need to have the networking group before the pandemic or have you been able to create networking groups despite not being able to shake hands and kiss babies, as you said, or have coffee. Um, Craig, what's your thoughts on that? I think now, I mean, because mostly everything's virtual, um, I think that there's a lot more networking groups than there were prior to this pandemic because, you know, you have to, you have to change your style. Um, You know, things that were working before you can't do. So what are you going to do? Just sit around and wait for the virus to be, you know, abolished and for there to be a vaccine. Um, you know, as salespeople, we can't wait on that. So I think there's a lot more of that. Um, and I think that you just, you know, you've got to be where, smarter about the, where do you find it? Working with. Like today, today, if I was, if I was a new rep or I was just getting into this and I, I've been sitting around wondering when the pandemic's going to end, right. um, where, where do you find these networking groups today? Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm in a I'm much different position than I mm-hmm. was when I got into the, 
you know, got into the business 28 years ago. So um, for a new person that is starting, um, it's a much bigger challenge. Um, but I think you just have to start reaching out to people, um, yeah. you know, use LinkedIn. Um, don't try to sell people. I mean, that's another thing that we, you folks could probably have a whole segment on LinkedIn and how salespeople don't use it properly. Oh, okay. you, know, you, you connect with somebody and then boom, you've got a PDF and they're selling you. Um, it's, or they don't do any research for what whatever reason. Baked into the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I want to connect with you to sell you. No, no, thanks. I don't know who you are. Or, or, or even like this morning, Pete, I sent you a brief note. We've never met. I sent you a brief note and you responded. But if I would have just sent you the generic, I'd like to join your network, you know, why? Right. Right. It takes what it takes 10 seconds. What's in it for me? What's in it for you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think it is, you know, and Pete, I'm going to have you talk about this, but I think it is getting back to the basics. You know, uh, I think there is a time and a place, you know, I think last uh, episode we talked about how your skill becomes better. You don't need to get there as much with the activity. I think it's almost now you had the, you have the skill, but your activity needs to beep up. You need to start dialing for dollars again. What's your thoughts, Pete, on that? Well, I mean, you're starting off with a bunch of motivation and no skill. And as time goes by, the skill goes up. You can get more done with less work. And it's either you take advantage of that time to get more work in or you just stay at the same, you know, level. Yeah. Of activity. But, but, I, but I, think, I think nowadays um, those people that maybe turn down their activity a little bit need to ratchet it up even more and get scrappier. Because I, 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 for one, know at the companies I'm working with, pipeline creation is a huge problem with enterprise sales. The sales cycle is about a year. I, I think a lot of these guys, a lot of these companies out there might not feel the problem with this pandemic until next year because they haven't been able to create pipeline early on because everyone's afraid or, or looking at short-term ROI versus long-term ROI. And therefore, companies you're calling today might, might entertain your call because they're by the computer and they're not stuck in conference rooms. Um, they might take it but they're not really going, you're, you're not moving pipeline to that, those next stages because no one's really sure of where, what, what the rules are going to be six to nine months from now, you know? And so I think pipeline creation is such a huge thing that you need to get back to just being as active as possible, you know, find well, any, anybody who's talking to your competitors and almost get in there before they do. Well, I think it, it, it gets back to the data. What's the most important thing you can find out is when is your contract up, right? Mm-hmm. So now you know the dates. So now what do you do? So if you have a marketing department who does a drip campaign, what do you, what is the message you want to get, give out consistently? Because that, look, you can sell them all you want. The contract's not up in two years. So what do you do? Yeah. Right. So what's the relationship you want to have? Again, it's Brian Tracy. What's in it for, for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to contact somebody, you have to, you have, like Craig said, you have to pay it forward. You have to give them something. If the only thing that you can give is knowledge, then give them some knowledge, right? Hey, this happened in the industry, wanted to share with you, right? Yeah. Because, because you know, centers of influence, coaches, whatever you want to call it, you, you need buds and you have to organize uh, yourself so you know who these coaches are, what is their relationship, how can they help, how can you help them? And relying on a BDR to gather all that data, that's, that's a tough, that's yeah. a tough haul. And that's where marketing really has to get marketing and sales operations is, is yeah. a big part of this. Huge part. 
Hey, and as far as the smiling and dialing, what I found is that more and more leaders are picking up the phone because they're not commuting. You know, they're at home as well. Um, And they're probably sick of their own internal Zoom calls. And, uh, you know, there's some people in in my organization that they try to make eight calls before 8 a.m. and make five calls after 5 p.m. And there's been a lot of a lot of people that they pick up the phone. Yeah, because they're they're not in the car anymore. Yep. You know, Craig, you know, the BDRs, that's a that's a great point. It's almost like um, creating your own inbound line with these BDRs. Um, Remember Boiler Room? Reco! If you can, if you can have these B, these motivated BDRs that can do a warm transfer to somebody who knows what they're doing, that's the mm-hmm. ideal situation. You know, with with BDRs, I think it's also you, you got to look at your BDRs as well. It might be time to upgrade. Maybe you have, you know, sometimes you relate BDRs to. Uh, to, to new uh, people trying to learn how to be sales reps and stuff like that. But there are contractors or there are contract arrangements out there and companies out there that are focused, that are getting experienced BDRs to just do lead gen for you. Uh, these guys are former sales reps and stuff like that that are just doing this as a side gig, um, getting paid two, 300 bucks a, a lead. And rather than pay, you know, maybe a BDR a full-time salary and hope they work out well, it might be time, especially if you don't have the resources, to maybe use a contractor or a contract arrangement to get some of these more experienced sales reps to just get you the leads. Some people are better at hunting, not closing, and you can always find those guys out there. Thoughts, guys? I, Craig, I, I, I don't buy you, but uh, I've worked with a bunch of outsourcing companies in the States and overseas, and you, you run the risk of it's, okay, it's not as bad of information, but they're representing your brand and you don't have any in control of what they're saying or doing. So if you run into a, a situation uh, where they, you know, piss a, a prospect off, they don't directly work for your, for your company, but they, they just damaged your brand. Th- yeah. Those are the issues that I've come mm-hmm. across. Yeah. And I've, I've only, I think I've only worked at one or two organizations where we even had BDRs. And I think that's just a, a philosophy that certain companies have. I mean, um, you know, for me, I'm the one who, as a true hunter, I have to cultivate all my relationships, all my reach outs, all my meetings. Um, so uh, for those for those people that have BDRs, I think that, again, that's also a philosophy. You bring up a lot of great points, Pete. And I think that that just that gets down to the, the culture of the organization, but also, you know, the, the leadership who makes that yeah. decision, whether to stay internal or external. Yes. I, I, when you're internal, we have internal BDRs at a company I'm working with. And uh, we control the messaging, make sure we have them focused on setting up the right meetings. When it's external, you got to really make sure you're one. Pete, one of our former leaders, I remember, used to always say, don't go for the cheapest because that usually means you get the worst product um, in, in a service industry. So that was in the hiring. We, we were hiring some new sales reps and somebody came over and said, I got this sales rep at such a cheap rate uh, with this recruiting firm. And he said, call them up and say, we'll pay the best because we want to get the best sales reps at the time. Um, I think the same thing goes true with these BDRs. If you're going to use these BDRs on a contractor basis, you want to make sure you're, you're not going cheap. Uh, you're, you're paying for quality. Um, and then I think the last point, Craig, before we'll let you go, is uh, the pay it forward stuff. You know, I, I know you've worked with me a bunch, uh, called me a bunch. I, I'm, I'm a pay it forward type of guy and always have been. 
you know, I think with people losing their jobs and stuff like that, the pay it forwards today is better than anything, but hopefully it turns into benefits. What's your, what's your history with the pay it forward type of environment where you're helping someone find a job and then hoping they're going to give you a lead? Has that worked? You know, are, are people typically get the pay it forward, say thank you, might send you a card and then move on? Yeah, I guess it really depends. And I think, you know, how or why I started, I think was just, you know, my dad being in sales and always talking about just trying to help people over, helping people out. And I think you truthfully has to be just part of your, has to be part of who you are. And I mean, I enjoy doing it. Um, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw that there was an HR leader out there. I didn't know this person at all, uh, just reached out to him and said, Hey, I understand what you're going through because, you know, Myself, I've been in transition a handful of times uh, for a myriad of different reasons, and it doesn't matter why. Um, but once you've been through transition one time, I mean, if I'm able to talk to somebody, whether I help coach them or if I just introduce them to one person, for instance, you know, Jamie knows Pete, Craig's in transition. Hey, Pete, uh, you know, meet Craig. Would you talk to him for 10, 15 minutes? You know, I'm sure Pete would, he might not be able to help me, but it's usually that second, third or fourth person removed from Pete that Pete might introduce me to somebody who might introduce me to somebody else. Um, and I think too, with this, you cannot expect to have anything uh, in return um, because if you do, you're going to stop doing it because as you help people, you're going to kiss a lot of frogs along the way. At least I have. Um, and it's really interesting. There's certain people that, you know, they'll say, geez, thanks for taking some time to talk with me. How can I help you? In return, you know, this, this has got to be, you know, you know, this has got to be reciprocal here. You've spent some time with me. Who can I introduce you to? And then there's other people that just, it's just not in their DNA. They don't either know how to do it, want to do it, and you just can't take it personal. And you just got to, this is a marathon, not a sprint. But my success um, in helping some of these people, even if I don't directly help them, I mean, I'm in conversation with at least three people right now that are decision makers at, at places that I want to do business. I know we got to let you go. It's it's about that time, but to pay it forward, I want to make sure that financial leaders, CFOs, HR leaders, professional services firms, um, you, you guys got to deal, uh, give Craig a call. You know, he, he works for USI. It's a brokerage firm that is, uh, um, works in the capital, human capital and risk management. And, and if you have anybody, you know, that are those CFOs and those people, it's, it's time for decision maker for budget next year starts now. Give Craig a call. Pay it forward, please. His, uh, he's at USI. You can reach him on LinkedIn or it's craig.cheston at usi.com. Craig, you got anything to say? Your parting words before we leave you? First yeah, of all, thank you. Hey, no, thank you. Um, I appreciate uh, having this conversation with you and look forward to, to future podcasts. And, you know, anybody out there that wants to network, um, you know, I'm willing to spend at least, you know, 10, 15 minutes to see how we might be able to help each other and um, I wish you guys much success with uh, future podcasts. So thanks so much. Craig, thanks for coming on and uh, happy, happy birthday, September 1st. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> it's going to be a big one. The five Oh, Oh, really? Wow. Oh. Right. All right. Well, happy birthday in advance. All right. I will hey. talk to you later, Craig, for sure. <laughs> thanks thanks for coming on. See you. Okay. okay Bye. Bye. Hey, that was great hearing from Craig. Craig's on the front lines. I think we need to, uh, really try to help pay it forward with him. Uh, so if you know of anybody who uh, is CFO or, or work, starting to work on those budgets, head of finance, head of HR, uh, give Craig a call, reach out to him um, on LinkedIn. Good dude, good dude. Out. Good dude. So before we end the show, I think there's a couple segments um, we still have to get through. Pete, you but what, the rep of but, the day? 
But wait, there's more. There's more. The rep you should know, Ian Mays, good old Iowa guy at ZipRecruiter, started with us back in the day from zero, and is just crushing it over there. Also, Jamie, new segment, book you should know, Management by Influence, Ken and Linda Schatz. One big takeaway from it is you can never not lead YCNNL. Special order it on Amazon. It's as old school as you can get on leadership. Well, that's great. And I think what is also great is getting a guest on here. So we're going to try to get some more guests for future podcasts we have them lined up. Um, a lot of people like the name Sassholes and want to get on just for that. So with that, Pete, you want to cue the music? Wow, wow, chicka, wow, 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 wow.